Hello, everybody, and welcome to Speak Out, the Outright Podcast. I'm your host, JQ. You can use any pronouns for me. I'm Rainer. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm Mark. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Emma. I use they, she, he. I'm Brenna. I use they, she pronouns. And today we are discussing Outright's new print available on stands when this comes out. Hopefully. Pick it up. It is hauntology. <laughs> that is what we are discussing today. We are discussing everything that went into making that print, what we're even talking about with the concept. And I have lots of people here who worked on the print, and I didn't. I didn't help at all. True. <laughs> you are busy with other things. Yeah. So many other this. things to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Whole so I figure we can start out just by talking about the theme, because I know someone, and I think it was you, Brenna, had... Yeah. Some really yeah. cool stuff to say about, like, when what is hauntology? What are we talking about? Gonna be honest, the first time I put it in the prompt <laughs> sheet, it was because I was like, that would be a pretty sick name for the print. Hey, um, so I was talking to Rainer, and Rainer's like, so what is hauntology? <laughs> and I said, frankly, I don't know. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> question. Um, but then we did a little bit more research. Actually, I think it was Julie who was really helpful, who, did, mm-hmm. like, who threw some articles um, in the doc. But really, what hauntology means is it's kind of like, it deals with time um, and this sense of being kind of like haunted by the past, by things that have happened, um, like that we can't quite escape, but also uh, being haunted by lost futures, like futures that could have stemmed from the past that we had, but did not. Um, I think originally, maybe not originally, but like there was an article by Mark Fisher um, called like what is hauntology that talked about it in regards to like music and film. Um, obviously, we're talking about it more in like a well everything standpoint and definitely like a queer quick, theory. Yes. Sorry, quick question: Is Mark Fisher the one who's like capitalist realism? Gonna be honest, I have no clue. Okay, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> no, it's fine. Maybe. I, think. I feel like I read an article about him one time. It could be so. Is I just Mark remember. with a K or a C? Mark K. with a K. Unlike our Mark. Unlike our superior Mark. K-punk and the futures that have never arrived? That sounds right. That's probably him, yeah. What was your question? Oh, it's your, <laughs> I it's thought the one who's like capitalist realism. What is capitalist realism? Oh, it's like I think so. The only appropriate yeah, response capitalism. to capitalism is despair. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, that was him. True. He's not really a happy guy. <laughs> the title of the book is Capitalist Realism. There is no alternative. Oh no, is there no alternative? Oh well. Question mark. Two thousand nine. Yeah, there so, definitely are. There you go. You're right. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of his take on hauntology because it was very depressing. Like everything that could be done has already been done, has already been done, and so in the past we were looking towards oh what the future might be like. Like for example, in music, like techno, um, and now we're still doing the same things that we were doing in the past because we haven't come up with anything new. It's just very like. Kind of nihilistic. I was like, that's... Oh, he's a depressing guy. Me personally, I hate depressing nihilism. I only like nihilism if it's like, nothing matters, so like, you should do whatever the fuck you want. That's the only version of it I like. Yeah, so I I definitely, when I was doing my take on hauntology, it was more of like uh, a speculative format where it's like, what futures could we have had? But not like in a negative way, like, oh, we can never have them, but like, what futures could we have had? And how can we work towards those, even though we're in a different place now? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because Brenna's article slapped. Thank you. Yeah. article oh. slapped. No, but yeah, I, I did reading mad. I did an cool. article. It was heavily on hauntology. Yeah. Um, and like queer time. So yes, because cool. yeah. Brenna did our theoretical framework. For the yeah. Framework, it was super. I Thank loved you. reading it. <laughs> for doing all the research. Yeah. <laughs> it was super interesting. I, lo- I loved the idea of queer time because it was not something. It was like a completely new concept to me. I'm writing a thesis on it. Hey, that's so cool! You should explain what queer time is for the Yeah. Oh, I should explain what queer time is. Uh, basically, it's, well, you'll see this if you read my article. Um, but it's the idea that, like, queer people kind of exist outside of the cis-heteronormative, like, societal sense of time. Um, because of, we have kind of a different time frame than, like, cis and straight people. Like, especially, like, trans people with kind of, like, second puberties. But honestly, like, all queer people with, like, second puberties in terms of, um, like, even cis gay people haven't necessarily had the opportunity to have sort of the adolescence that, like, straight kids did. Um, so this sense that, like, we are working on a different timeline and in a different way than everybody else. Um, and so, like, how do we understand that? How do we unpack that? How do we make sense of that? And lots of people are trying to make sense of it. Some in depressing ways and some in cool ways. <laughs> Alright, enough. I've been talking so much. No, no, it's good. Good. No, we need the theory. setting up framework. the framework. Yeah. Because I, I feel like one of the really fun things about having hauntology as the theme is it's such an evocative word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, on top of being a really interesting, like, theoretical sort of dry framework, we could also just, like, do articles about ghosts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love articles about ghosts. Yeah. Right. Emma. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about your article about right, ghosts? Right, right. I've got um I've got the literal interpretation or maybe the silly interpretation because um, it's a creative writing good. piece. Have you considered that literal and silly are not antonyms? Exactly. <laughs> so I have true. not considered that and I will not. Um What's your article about? Yeah, um, before there was, I was thinking about um, how uh, we also talked about Halloween as Halloween theme is kind of where the hauntology like stemmed from because we were like, how can we make this like more meaningful other than just like, woo, scary season. Um, Spooky, scary skeletons. Exactly, because like, first of all, there was the fact that like, okay, Halloween, gay ass holiday. Um, gay people love Halloween. And then also the fact that like, we talked about this a lot, I think in Queer Monstrosity. Oh, no, last week, sorry, with um, yeah, costumes. Right. Oh, um, costumes. Never yeah, yeah, how, um, <laughs> like, costumes and especially Halloween are, like, a good way for queer people to, like, explore, like, abnormal or literally queer forms of gender expression with, like, less fear of social repercussion. Um, so that was basically what my article was about. Um, article, story, whatever. Uh, it was, like, yeah, it was kind of a manifestation of that. Um... So, a simple summary, without giving too much away, because you should read it, um, is that it's, like, a queer friend group at your, like, very basic high school Halloween straight cis party, um, but they're also trying to cope with, you know, a place where none of them really feel like they belong, also trying to cope with the death of a friend, and they confront a jock in that is, uh, his, like, whole costume is, like, just a dress, uh, and then they discover something about him that they didn't see before. Whoa. Um, give it a read to figure out what that is. Um, fantastic article. Yes. And read our articles okay. at outrightnewsman.com. That's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. Yeah, except Wait, we are not org? publishing it digitally yet. Did yes. I say dot com? Yeah. Uh, L. Okay. Um, Easy mistake. 
Also, shout out to the artists for that piece, Soren and Caden. Oh my god, it was so good! Piece, oh my god! Their first art piece for Outright. And yeah. both of them did an absolute I saw awesome. that graphic and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. That's I love good. people who can draw. That's crazy. Um, some of them in the room at this moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, my article is like a very, like, kind of literal interpretation of the theme because it is literally on Halloween and they are haunted by a literal dead friend. So, true. Yeah. And it's gay. And it's gay! <laughs> Love that. I feel like we should have Mark talk about yeah. the ghosts. Yeah, that the ghosts! Oh my god! They were so cute. They were, no, they were so... I was like, whoa, I didn't know you could troll. <laughs> god, they're so cute. Um, yeah, so in general, I'm uh, new to Outright, so uh, when I was, like, uh, when I was asked if I could, like, just draw some, like, ghosts for the magazine, I was so, like, excited because um, I was technically, like, coming here as a writer, right. but I also wanted to, like, get involved in some of, like, the visuals. Mm -hmm. um, so I did uh, the inner front cover and the back cover, as well as, like, um, the doodles for, like, the table of contents, um, and I know that ghosts were like the natural way to go because obviously like Halloween spooky themes but um, on a deeper level I also think that um, ghosts are great uh, like you said for self-expression and in general the Halloween season is such a good like outlet for closeted queer people who haven't like figured out the identity yet um, so I like that uh, ghosts are like visually, they're nothing more than like translucent blobs. <laughs> but uh, if you like think about why they're why they exist in general, it's like these are people that have lived lives, they have experiences, and they have like stories to tell. And they probably had like their own way of expressing themselves when they were alive. And even at, and the whole idea of ghosts is that even after they die, some essence of them still remains in this world. Um, so particularly for the zine, I wanted to um, uh, draw them not really having any specific like physical features. Mm -hmm. I wanted to focus on their emotions and what they were doing. So a lot of the ghosts that I drew in, a lot of the ghosts that I drew um, were like telling stories. They were expressing themselves. They were like interacting with each other. So most, even like the table of contents, most of the doodles that I made um, were ghosts like. Um, just positively interacting with each other. Uh, there was that one where uh, they were trying on makeup with each other. That was, was so like, cute. <laughs> <laughs> and, one, I remember that one. and one was like doing it a little worse than the yours, other. I think. Oh, was it? Was that it? would make sense. Was for the uh, makeup one? Maybe? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and then I remember I think for Brenna's article about like the future, I drew like. Um, this sort of older ghost with like a younger mm -hmm. ghost and because mm -hmm. uh, I actually I really like the article and I thought about how like um, it feels like there isn't much there isn't as much of a legacy for queer people because historically we have been like erased so much and like with the AIDS epidemic etc generations of us have been like slimmed down so much more than um, like cishet people. Mm -hmm. So I think when uh, queer people um, accomplish all these amazing things, it just matters even that, it just matters that much more because uh, younger queer people will now see that and be like, oh, I can do that. 
this person did it th despite the circumstances and now I can do it. So I think showing that older ghost with like 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 a way more advanced painting and then like <laughs> like the little ghost with just uh, like a childish drawing. I think it I think it was like I just thought it was a good metaphor for um, how even uh, the most minuscule accomplishments that queer people make can be such a huge inspiration for like future generations. Um, and yeah, I, uh, also for the uh, front, the, in, the inner front cover. Was that the campfire? Yeah, I think it was the campfire. Oh, yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah. um, the campfire, the whole uh, campfire story thing was like another example of self-expression. So it was the it was this ghost like um, just putting out a story, and I put like the rainbow lines on top of it mm -hmm. because I wanted it to represent um, this ghost putting their true self out there and like expressing themselves to their peers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like the ghosts beside them have very like mixed expressions because I think that's just like realistic for <laughs> <laughs> that's realistic with how queer people experience putting themselves out there um, but yeah I think I, in general I wanted a lot of every single uh, little doodle I made for this zine sort of reflect the queer experience in some way except for the back cover because that was just like the ghost a little guy <laughs> like, like the ghost uh, after a like a splurge of candy that, that yeah, one I just wanted to deal cute. for like the last. <laughs> yeah, so true. I feel like being a little guy is also kind of gay, though. Yes, it yes. is. No, in general, I'm really thankful that you you're you're tying everything together. Yeah, like <laughs> it was it was good without the ghosts, but the ghosts <laughs> were what like really made it yes. outstanding. The on top. Yeah, yeah, it really like tied everything together, and it's pretty cool that you like have a little hand in kind of like everybody's articles. You know, yeah. like that's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't realize you put like so much thought into it. I guess I just, I'm like not really an artist, so it's yeah. like, just very interesting to hear you talk about it no, and how true. like much deep thought you put into it. Because yeah, I was like, they're so cute and fruity. That too. It can be deep and fruity. Yeah, <laughs> I was having a thought, and I'm not sure it's specifically related, but I feel like it's an interesting thought. So I might just do it. Yeah. Do it has any. Yeah. I feel like ghosts are a way of sort of expressing the inexpressible. Because mm. um, it sort of feels like a ghost is what isn't there. Like, mm. a ghost... It's like a figure in a ground, kind of. Like, you know an M.C. Escher painting where it's like... No. It's, yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> stairs. The stairs and stuff. Yeah, like the stairs oh, the and stuff. Oh, one the confusing stairs? Like, the confusing yes. stairs. Okay, okay. Yes, but I'm actually talking about a different MC Escher. He just also did confusing squares. Oh. He also did confusing hands. Yeah, he also did hands drawing hands. But there's hands one where it's like black birds turning into white birds, and you can't tell in the middle where it changes. Yes, that one. Oh, I have seen see, that. See, you've seen that. I'll put <laughs> it on screen for the people who don't just habitually know M.C. Escher paintings. Um, well, drawings. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they were fish, too. Oh, Yeah, birds and fish. It's, it's just, just like, like they evolved from fish or something? No, it's just one of his big things. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. He likes weird tessellations. Tessellations, um, that's the word. But for my purposes, it's like... Kind of one defines the other, but they're still, like, very different. And I feel that way about ghosts. Because it's like, here's all the things 
someone used to be, and they aren't that now. So they, like, don't bear that much relation to one another. But, like, the fish and the birds, they kind of define one another. Wow. I have no idea if what I'm saying makes so sense. The ghost, the so fish the ghost or is... the bird? <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's interesting to connect it to that because the ghost is... They're both kind of the negative space of each other yeah, exactly. in, that, in that picture. Yeah, yeah. I do think you're making a really good point. I just yeah. couldn't help. Whoa. I, I don't know if I'm wrapping my head around it. It's so, like, tricky. you're saying that ghosts are what someone no longer is but used to be? Well, yeah, because if you're and dead, then, then you're no longer alive. Right. And so then it's like... Sure. There's the concept. <laughs> Wait. As one does oh. when they're not alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. I just feel like the defining feature of the ghost is like a, a difference from what was. Mm-hmm. And a fact that like, I don't know. I feel like the fact that you can't like interact with ghosts normally. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> It feels I'm like that. Say answer, so. yeah. yeah, I don't know if I can correct you if you're wrong. It feels like that almost, like the disconnect feels very poignant to me, um, especially. And I mean, I can connect this back to queerness and be like, oh, difference from society, oh, like being on a different time scale. But it just <laughs> <laughs> look. <laughs> I don't need to spoon-feed the connections here. (laughs) It's fine. You see it. I just feel like the fact that a ghost is defined by what it isn't is really interesting. I have no idea to what extent we explore that in the print, but I feel like... I feel like there's some resonance. Yeah. That probably mostly ties into, like, the queer future and queer time part. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, because, like, those are definitely... That's definitely the part I like the best. Yeah. Because I'm silly. 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 Theoretical framework. I love a theoretical framework. Yeah. Also, don't even. Last week you were literally like, um, queer performative theory. Okay, <laughs> alright. <laughs> Let me just quote Judith Butler. Judith Butler! Judith Butler! <laughs> Judith the Butler Lord. entered the chat. The, oh. The Lord! <laughs> I was gonna say queen, but that's not accurate. Yeah, mo- monarch. Monarch! The monarch! The monarch! We figured it out. <laughs> Amazing. No, genuinely. Don't they work like. Like, are they in. What are the UCs? Oh, are they girls? I think so. Oh. I'm, like, it up. I'm not like the foremost Judith Butler. I haven't even taken one LGBTQ studies class. <gasps> well, your life is. Don't worry. Well, Sorry. That was good. That was good. Sorry. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was really Everyone's loud. studying um, me like a bug all the time. <laughs> yeah. Can you under a microscope and like angling the sun just the right way? I'm there like, right. Oh. Berkeley. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds right good. Uh, for Cleveland, Ohio. But would no. I be... Another reason for me to dislike Berkeley. Yeah, would I be willing <laughs> to go to Judith Butler? Butler? We don't. Because the, oh, There's see, only one Judith Butler. <laughs> They beat us in football this Saturday, very badly. Well, I don't really care about that. <laughs> yeah, I just know because I was at the game. So I was there. Yes. What do you play again? Color guard. I do flags. Oh, oh, nice, nice, nice. Don't you also play an instrument? Why do I feel like no. I really? played an instrument and like last time I played an instrument actually was like seventh grade. I don't know if you were exactly implying this, but I do like the idea that um, we fear ghosts a lot because they're supposedly dead. Or because we don't know, like, we can't um, 
see who they are beyond just the fact that they're dead or they're mm -hmm. um, they used to be alive. Um, but I I I feel like I've always been super like emotional about the concept of ghosts because I can't help I I can't see past the fact that they were alive they were people at some point, which means they had. Again, they had lives they lived, they had personalities, they had probably people they loved. Um, so even, I never really understood people being afraid of them just because they're dead. Like, that's the, at least in my interpretation of what ghosts are like, that's the only difference. Um, so I love watching, uh, I love watching those ghost hunting videos, like mm -hmm. Watcher or something, where they're just like trying to genuinely interact with the ghosts and learn more about them because that's what I think is really interesting. Um, not only does it, obviously, they're trying to prove that ghosts are real, but if they are yeah, real, they're still expressing themselves beyond the grave. And they sort of, in some cases, they even still linger where they died or where they spent a lot of time. So I just think it's really interesting that we often forget to personify ghosts and we forget to realize that they're human or at least they were human too, just in a different form now. Well, I feel like a strong contributor to that is that, I mean, monsters are personifications of fears, and a lot of times those are like societal fears. Uh, watch or listen to our Queer Vampires episode Ew. for more discussion of this. Um, but I feel like ghosts, it's so clearly like people are afraid of being dead. Yeah. I mean, so am I. Um, and so I think because there's that fear so inherent into the creation of a monster that it's very easy to overlook that the premise of it, like it's premised on this being was once a person, which again is, which of course is also a classic form of horror. I mean, so is the vampire. Also once a person. Yeah. Yeah, zombie. Yeah, anyway. true. I saw this really great post about like the difference between like what was a what once was a deer never yeah, was a no, deer yeah pieces. so yeah. good love that one looks like a deer and then when you get close you find out it's not actually a deer yeah it's exactly something that just looks very similar classic appalachian horror i love appalachian horror oh my god <laughs> it's got such the vibes are fantastic i mean i Makes will me say the east coast god yeah i will <laughs> say driving through like north carolina south carolina especially up in the mountains yeah. like it's something else like you, it's like you're going through an apocalypse land. Like speaking of hauntology, like it, it looks like a haunted place, because um, sometimes there are like buildings, but like there are no people around. Um, it's just entirely like, very, you know, like one minute you can be in a town with other people, and then like a couple minutes later you're like in the deep of the forest. It's like whoa, <laughs> what happened here? It's like di differing, like layered realities. Oh, layered realities. I mean, when you think about it, an abandoned building is kind of a ghost. Yeah, exactly. That's a the yeah, exactly. Having said, <laughs> I will not elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, it's a shell. Of, it's 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 got the same. This was once filled with life, and now uh, there's nobody to define it or take care of it. And so, what does that make it now? Yeah, other than a shell. Most of I'm talking about ghosts, like human ghosts, mm -hmm. but I do think that. A lot of things can be ghosts and echoes yeah. that aren't necessarily human. Which perhaps is almost scarier in some cases. Like, because then the... I feel like also some sorts of fear and frustration um, about ghosts is, the, like, the inability to communicate. 
like across boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it's probably even more frustrating when it's like trying to communicate with something that wasn't even something or someone you once would have been able to communicate with. You know, like an animal or a building or like what does it mean for a thing to be haunted? I feel like I've only ever really, s- I don't know, when I think of a ghost, it's always in connection to somebody who's still, li- like, I feel like I always think of ghosts as, I mean, you know, this is obvious, but, like, manifestations of, like, grief. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it always leads back to the person that's still alive and whatever power that they give it, I guess. So, I don't know, I gu- I've never really thought oh, about huh, that's Okay, that's crazy, because I, for me, it's definitely, like, it's the ghost. It's like okay, no, like the ghost story is about the ghost. Um, I agree, though. Yeah, like it's not that someone's grief is tethering the someone, someone who's is alive. Their grief is tethering the ghost. It's like the ghost's unwillingness to leave the mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. world, even right. if it like sucks and you can't communicate, and so on and so forth. Like, yeah. to me, that's the key tension. Like, you're trying to get this being to leave who doesn't want to leave. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that kind of aspect of, like, the ghost is, like, a vengeful, like, like figure is kind of interesting, too. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, I haven't done research on this myself, but I heard, like, in the same kind of realm of, like, the ghost being, like, like, trying to make up for, like, injustices that the ghost, like, the person who used to be, the or the, the ghost used to be, experienced during their life and trying to, like, make amends for that or, like, get justice for themselves is kind of, like, I, tying back to, like, what I heard about, like, zombies is, I heard that, like, zombies were originally, like, came from, like, um, African, like, mythology, um, but they were kind of, like, turned into, like, this scary, like, figure by, like, white like slave owners and stuff because they were afraid of like the slaves who like enslaved people who like were killed and lost during like the passage and like you know on plantations and stuff coming back up as like these vengeful creatures like to like kill them and the sheer number was what like terrified them and so i don't know i feel like there's something there with like ghosts too because i i don't know i feel like especially in like asian ghost stories they're always like vengeful and stuff Especially in, like, Korean horror. I don't know. Okay, I don't read like, that. <laughs> terrified, but... Also, like, A Christmas Carol, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop doing mean things or the ghosts will get you. Oh, wait, like, Scrooge? Yeah, that yeah. One? Okay, yeah. Yeah, the ghosts... I think that's what that movie was... Book movie was called. But damn. Book. Short story? Book? Maybe. Book. Is it a book? book. Okay. Christmas Carol. Book. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a book. Yeah. I think a similar thing happens with, like, mummies. Because, mm. like, in Egyptian... In, in Egyptian tradition... They've always just been, like, a normal way to, like, send off the dead and, like, wish them a good, like, afterlife. Mm-hmm. But um, once they, um, in, I think in the 1920s when I think either American or uh, British explorers came to dig up uh, King mm-hmm. Tut's British. grave, obvi- uh, they, that's what started the whole, like, craze about, oh, mummies are these, like, vengeful spirits, See. or they'll... Um, no, it's sorry, but that's also crazy because for like a yeah. hundred or two hundred years before that, mummies were an important ingredient in like some medicines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they were out there Got eating eaten. mummies. <laughs> yeah, they're eating them. So they were. Uh, so it started the whole idea that oh, there's like the curse of uh, the mummy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just think uh, in a similar way that it's this was just a manifestation of the 
I guess, subconscious guilt that maybe the explorers felt yeah, for digging up this, this like, ancient I pharaoh's grave. I some of them died, and that's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah they got you know what? It probably goes back to microbiology. There was probably some fucking viruses yeah, in yeah. there. <laughs> no way. But yeah, I think they just, they subconsciously made up that story because they kind of feel guilty inside for digging up some random person's grave. See, I'd like to think that, but I um, don't think so. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of gra grave robbing. I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking a museum studies Maybe class. Maybe not like, and, like guilt, but uh, like fear. Fear. Yeah, fear. Yeah, fear that it'll come back. Yeah, because like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. At least because if you're connecting to what like I was saying, that's it was like not like guilt that they like enslaved people, but more like fear. Yeah. yeah. Of like the yeah. consequences of like you know doing that. Their actions. Yeah, exactly. Consequences. I did something maybe kind of messed up, and I don't really feel bad about it, but like. What if other people could make me feel bad about it? Like, being aware that other people, like, hate you for what you do. And so you fear vengeance being taken upon you. Because you realize to some extent that what you're doing, even if you don't think it's wrong, somebody else thinks it's wrong. Right, yeah. And also, yeah, they talk about, like, how, like, if once you put your, like, once you, like, push someone down and you keep your, like, foot on them, you have to keep your foot there. You have to keep, like, putting oh, your foot on yeah. them. Because otherwise Actually, they're going to, like, be fucking pissed. Get up and <laughs> cut off your feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why do I feel like there's a ghost story related to that? Cutting off your feet? Never mind, sorry, that's Having... Marwin. That's Marwin, sorry, never mind, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Cinderella? <laughs> but to be fair, I have... Isn't Marwin, like, basically everything is de deserted except for this... There's like some group that has the plague. I'm sorry, I watched a video essay about a different game that compared it briefly to Morrowind. No, there is a plague. There is a plague. Um, and you are kind of, I mean, I could actually, I could technically write an essay about Morrowind. Oh, Elder Scrolls. Okay. Yeah, Elder Scrolls. I wrote it, it was my first art. My first art. And we had a hell of a time getting yeah, a copy yeah, editor for it because no one knew what Morrowind was. <laughs> That's true, I remember that. But uh, the idea of like a haunting, um, like, expectations haunting you and like a past life haunting you because the idea is that you are potentially maybe the reincarnation the main character is the reincarnation of like a guy who lived way long ago mm, um, and so they're crazy. haunted by like this person who they never knew and like haunted by the expectations that all these different people are putting on them that's so wheel of time coded <laughs> Hello. Hello. i don't know this one either no no it's so she who became the sun coded which is way better yeah that that's true wheel of time is kind of mid so <laughs> i'm sure that's way better i'm a wheel I, of time hater yeah it is mid that wheel should stop turning <laughs> <laughs> that's what the, they want i guess <laughs> evil guys well they were right <laughs> Damn. no I, it, the book is like i read the first book it was really boring well, the wheel stopped turning because the original author died. Well, then the Brandon Sanderson <laughs> and, like, put the and, wheel on his <laughs> back and said, this fucker's gonna keep on turning. <laughs> and apparently he did a better job than the original. I mean, probably did Brandon Sanderson. So the last three books are really solid of the 15-book series. <laughs> I read one of Brandon I, Okay, maybe 14. I would lay it's down my life for him. Many of them. Okay, Morrowind. <laughs> Morrowind, yeah. Are you done talking about Morrowind? I mean, okay, I guess I should explain why the cutting off the feet part is related. Um, <laughs> Um, so also the vengeance. You are the vengeance potentially for all these people who like betrayed you and stabbed you in the back. Um, but they 
cut off his feet and they ripped off his face. And Gross. there's more reasons behind that because that's how it makes sense that you as the player character can be any of the playable races in any of the playable classes. Because uh. you can walk any path and wear any face. Whoa. Yeah, I remember when you told me that. Was so deep. it's like the haunting is being carried by a variety, like an endless uh, iterations of people of different like races and different classes and different experiences who are coming back and essentially although you're also being haunted by like your dead ish ex lover so who's not technically your lover but like <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you're good at reading yeah I feel like we should talk about Belzee's article. I know they're not here, but like oh that is like everything we've been talking Dude. about because it's about like that concept of be- it's so good. It's so good. It's oh my so god, good. it wrecked me. I read it and I, yeah. I literally it made me tear up. I, I started crying. Understandable. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Too, yeah. But I read the second half. Yeah. 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 Jesus. I mean, without like giving away, well, I feel like you can't really like not spoil it, but you can explain the premise. I guess. Yeah, the premise is like essentially like one side is a compet life's life where it's like you know marrying a man having children and like being fucking miserable because you're yeah. gay no man's wrong exactly and then the second half is the second column is like um the story of like you know like a sapphic love and like growing as a person to like something you don't know you're not sure where it's going but you like know it's right and like being excited about like finding out what that is and like loss being worth it when you love and like that kind of thing um, but I feel like it's just, like, captures that, like, queer experience of, like, kind of what you were hinting at in the beginning of being haunted by potential futures, futures mm-hmm. because of, like, what could have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since, like, tying a queer time, it's, like, as queer people, you're already going off the path. And so when you choose, like, a different, like, an alternative future that you create, like, a queer futurity, you're haunted by, like, the cis-heteronormative like, future that could have happened if you hadn't chosen to, like, embrace your, like, true self and, like, follow your... Yeah, exactly. That you can always kind of see. It's always kind of, like, dogging your footsteps. And I feel like, honestly, even if you don't... Because obviously there are people who, like... Well, probably there are people who, like, never come out, and then there are people who come out, like, much later in life. And I feel like even then, you're still, like haunted by like what the queer future that you could have like the queer yeah. that you could have been living as well like the flip side is also true yeah because like when you're closeted you're definitely you especially like seeing other queer people who are like happy and kind of like doing their own thing you're always gonna be thinking like what if that were me like could i have that like could that be a thing that i could pursue but then you're also kind of like denying yourself mm-hmm. um that future because it's scary and you don't know if you could have that future or the bad the bad ending yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially since like the queer future is often something that's like, I don't know. Like I read this, you know, I don't remember who it was written by, but it was an article about like queer time and stuff and how like w- as like queer people we shouldn't be trying to like lay out what queer futures or like what queer time is and box it in because like the beauty of like queerness is that it's like undefined mm-hmm. and it's just anything that's like non-normative. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's another reason why it's so hard. But I feel like that's what we're trying to do with the print is, like, look forward and be, like, what could some of those possibilities be, but, like, without limiting it at the same time. Yeah. Not trying to, like, box it in, but trying to be, like... Trying to... (laughs) Unboxing video! (laughs) 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 Unboxing video! This is queer time. 
time, like, like kind of, uh, by defining it and by giving words to it, bringing in alternate potentials and alternate paths. Mm -hmm. Not, like, like, trying to define it, not to limit it, not to, like, go like this, but to go, like, to manifest it, and then you see this, and you please describe it in words for those people who are not watching on YouTube. True, not to like start out broadly and then go to like a very thin, like or a very skinny, like this definition. The narrow thing. Narrow is the word that I'm trying to. But to like a skinny legend. But to start from where we are, and then to kind of be given alternate words of it. And, and definitions, and then like really have a widened, broadened um, understanding of like futures. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like examples. Stars in the sky. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I feel like that's the other thing about queer futures. I feel like in that realm, like seeing people have their or seeing people have what your future could be is like a very meaningful thing for a lot of people and a lot of what is very sad about not, obviously about these people not being alive, but also for younger generations, not having older queer people to look forward to makes it difficult to see yourself in a queer future. Because yeah. there's like nothing for you to base it on. So it's like even scarier. And then you're like, oh, well, is this even, can this even happen? Because I've never seen it. Yeah. I feel like that's like what you were talking about in the beginning of the like, yeah. the pictures. Yeah. Because that's like such a real like queer experience. It's like you can't, it's so hard to, like, be, be something until you see someone say that it's possible. Yeah. Or live in a way that it's possible. I think it's so true that um, even just one person that you can relate to can have such a big impact on your life. Um, like, coming from the Philippines where barely anyone even knows what being trans is, um, I felt so alone for the longest time because I genuinely did not know anyone else who was like a trans guy. And then I remember at my, at one of my first like model UN conferences, I was just expecting it to be so normal, but suddenly I met my, the, like the only other trans mask person I'd ever seen in that country. And I can't express enough how much it changed my life. We did not talk after that for years we never even kept contact but just knowing that they were there and knowing that i had i could get into a future like that was so inspiring and i think it that was what triggered me to keep going with the rest of my maldiv one career and then in my senior year when i organized a conference for um my school and we invited like a bunch of other schools i made it like a big point to have like your pronouns, your preferred pronouns and preferred yes. name on the sign up sheet. And because I just never seen that done at any other conference and I thought it might be helpful to add. Um, I just thought it was like a, just like the right thing to do. I wasn't actually expecting any like queer people to come, but suddenly I think I, uh, I introduced myself as like Mark at that conference when I was giving a speech and I heard like, Audible, I heard like audible gasps, gasps in the crowd, and then I think after the conference, when I was um, emailed, I was messaged or emailed by three different younger trans people who had attended that conference, and they were like, "You were the first, you are the first uh, trans model UN um, 
Secretary General I've ever seen. And that, <laughs> that made me cry so much because I remember it was just, it took one person for me to carry on with, carry on with this passion for years. And now these newbies are coming in and they see me and now, they're, now they will also know that with enough hard work, they will be able to achieve things like that too. And it was so, it was just so amazing to go from being inspired to being the inspiration. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I feel like that's so important. And I'm so glad you got to experience that and that you like saw that person and like those people expressed it to you. Yeah. Because sometimes you touch people and then you don't know, but that's like really yeah, special yeah, that yeah. they reached out to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Becoming the future that you always wanted to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like so wonderful. That's kind of what I want when I say like, oh, we should like normalize queerness. I don't mean it should be like normal or like Mm -hmm. I mean, it should be normal. That you know queerness I mean. shouldn't be normal according to the norm, but... Yeah, but that there should be, like, options for yes. queer people. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be, like, invisibility or enforced, like, assimilation into, a, into like, the cis-heteropatriarchal, like, narrative. Like, there should be options. There should be, like... An awareness of the like different possibilities the way that straight people also have like right different possibilities yeah <sighs> I also love I also really love that story because I feel like it brings up like not only the because we've been talking a lot about queer time but I feel like that also brings up like what you said like um talks a lot about like queer space yeah, and being space. yeah being connected sorry. across sorry, space is this and like the... the void of space or like literal like distance <laughs> Like, literal distance. Like, okay. you know, like, wrinkle in time, how you, like, fold, no. if you have, like, space and you fold it in half it. and you I poke mean. a hole through it. Well, okay. If you imagine space as, like, uh, the way the analogy they used was, like, if you imagine space as a flat sheet of paper, they used it as, like, teleportation or, like, wormholes or whatever. You make a wrinkle, you fold it in half, and then you poke a hole through, and that's, like, a wormhole or whatever, okay. right? Yeah. That's how they explained it, but I feel like that's also, like, you know, the way that, like, you, you were saying, like, you know, you didn't contact them, but you knew that they were out there, so in that yeah. way it was kind of like folding the paper or like drawing a line across it. That's just, I don't know. Aww. I think that's wonderful. Sweet. I love being community and connected. You haven't talked about your article yet. Yeah, of course. Oh, so I feel like we kind of talked about it in the vampire podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, talk about it some more. Sure, yeah, so I'm kind of unrelated to like the actual <laughs> ontology theoretical aspect. Uh, I kind of went more with the, like, it's Halloween theme, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to talk about queer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the other themes, though. It was, like, yeah. Um, Which I feel like also ties in with, because the only other article we haven't mentioned was Emery's, right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, Emery and I, I think, took, like, a similar route, because Emery has, like, a, a great list of, like, queer horror um, films and television shows, I believe, are the mm -hmm. two types of media on it. And so that one's really fun and just, like, great to go down if you are looking for fruity horror things. I don't like horror, but, you know. Uh, and then I wrote about uh, Interview with the Vampire, which, you know, is the vampire show adapted from Anne Rice's... Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> um, I'll explain why I'm anti-Anne Rice after the show. Is she the one who, like, sued people for fan fiction? Yes. Yeah, oh, that's wow. she's great. Um, but she did write Fruity Vampires, and they made them, like, actually fruity in the show, unlike subtext fruity, 
as in the movie, which was also kind of racist. But yeah, no, so I basically talked about queer monstrosity and like the vampire as like like an analogy for like queerness and then also what it looks like to meet someone who has like embraced like the monstrous aspects of queerness and how that can be both like freeing and like opening you up to new possibilities through like queer love and like queer modeling like mentorship and like that kind of stuff but also how often in environments where it's very like uh homophobic and like that kind of thing like queerphobic it's easy to become like almost too caught up in like the one or two other like queer people there are and that can lead to like toxicity because like people haven't worked through their issues and like you're the only other person to turn to and how like that's why queer like community is important instead of tethering yourself to like one individual person. Mm -hmm. yeah. So true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's Interview with the Vampire? And that's Interview with the Vampire. Well, um, yeah. There's well, other things that happen too. They, they like adopt a child. Well, get out of there, Yeah, I was yeah. like, out of here. They would maybe not be good parents. Just <laughs> they were not. They're not. Oh. You've seen the show, right? Yeah. I mean, they turned a child into a vampire. Yeah. They turned a child that's, into a vampire. Oh, that's how they adopted the kids? Yep. By turning it into a vampire? Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. They all right. adopted a normal child. It's definitely a, an improvement from the movie, which was, I think, more toxic. Um, but I think even in the show, there there are some kind of, like, <laughs> you, you can tell it's at least a little toxic, just the way that they're like, they're not communicating and they're not treating the child like her parents are treating it like a pet or something. Yeah. So it's not, it, it's an improvement definitely, but uh, still some kinks to work out. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I think the way they have like the common mindset of like, I just want to be a parent because I like want a child Yeah, yeah. to have a child and not because like I want to like care for another person and don't care like what they're what if they don't match up with like my ideal vision because they're very much like she should be this and then she isn't and then they're like what the hell yeah <laughs> Why do you like this yeah <laughs> just so there's no they're so silly Katie Moore is so silly <laughs> but I do believe in more gay wrongs in gay media because yeah we Facts. need both yeah I believe in Levitating gay vampire sex. Yeah, oh, so that's true. About when, okay, I was wondering if that was the show. Yep, because we it talked about that during the vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always have to bring it up. Of course. Yeah, I don't know. Good, sh good show. I yeah. I I know I said this in the other um, podcast up too, but I'm really glad they made uh, Louis Black because I feel like yes. that remedied yeah. a lot of the issues that the movie had, and it also added to like the othering aspect, but in a way why he's like so he identifies with but is also terrified of like the monster figure the show was set in was the movie also set in like new orleans or i'm not sure but like in the movie um louis like a white slave owner so it's like oh <laughs> well well <laughs> Well, well. <laughs> a big improvement there. Yeah, so I was like, it's they, good that they instead chose to be let's empathize with yeah. marginalized people's struggles and uh, show how we can empathize with them, even though society views them as monstrous. That's terrible. Yeah, no, I was so speechless. I was like, huh? Because I'd seen the show before yeah. I watched oh, yes. the movie. Oh no. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's interview with the vampire. <laughs>
so true. Do we want to talk about why Halloween is gay some more? Sure. Also, Loki... I was... Oh, no. Loki? <laughs> no, I was just... I'm lo- I was gonna go back to ghosts. Um, because I was just gonna say, like, I just want to know what everyone's conceptions of ghosts are, because I feel like we're all on different pages. Not in a bad way. It's like, it's just interesting, though, because I didn't yeah. realize there were, like, so many ways to think about ghosts. Yeah. Okay, Brenna, start. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, none of what you guys are talking about is unfamiliar to me. Okay. Like, I, I've never been a horror movie kid, but I've always i was always interested in like kind of like vampire ghost like kind of hunting things mm. um what was it, it was called like the lock the lockwood something lockwood and co lockwood and co yes lockwood and co okay yeah so like uh, that was somebody i didn't so, know that was a ghost hunting show or sorry it wasn't a show it was like a book it's a show now though it's a show but now. they canceled it like immediately <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but show. that was that was like a very European idea of like ghosts. They're making a spinoff. Um, yeah, they're making a spinoff with like the brothers or something. Oh. I forget. I don't know. <laughs> but that's such a long time ago. But like, I feel like because I was like into like not like scary stories, but like that sort of ghost story, like kind of like the lore of ghosts and also like fairies. Mm. Um, and those kind mm. of overlap. Like fairies, ghosts, and vampires all kind of have similar. Things in terms of like oh the silver or the salt or the whatever like right. they kind of overlap, um, and also just folklore in general because I I've, I've read a lot of things so I just have like everything that you guys were saying I'm like okay yeah no, that tracks like onto something that I've read or like seen but I don't think it was interesting that there I, I was also curious as to like where people were coming from because I could sense like a lot of different perspectives and I like about what I like about ghosts is that there's like a multiplicity of interpretations and I think that they yeah. all can be right um, and coexist. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I kind of, I was like, damn, I've kind of got like the bleeding heart one because I'm like, oh, they're like sad. Uh, but True. I guess I think about, I guess I'm thinking about my own thought process and I was thinking about it like the psychological aspect of why people believe in ghosts or like why folklore about ghosts exist in the mm-hmm. sense that like, first of all, like reflecting fears, fears of your own mortality, but then also of not wanting to let go of the people that you love even after they're gone. And so that's where, like, you know, the veil between, you know, even when ghosts remain, you still can't fully communicate with them, and they're still very different from you and very much still out of your reach. And so the only way to really, like, I feel like the the resolution is always to let them go, and it's always to, like, help them get where they need to go and help them accept the fact that they need to move on, whether that is... The person mourning them that needs to move on or the ghost themselves that you know that needs to move on i also just think about like haunting of blind manor fuck. Uh, fuck. oh my god that's gay people that's oh my god that's gay people oh my god all right oh um i think a lot of how i feel about ghosts is related to the fact that even like, for as long as I can remember, I've been, I, I've been, like, obsessed with history. Mm. So, I've, a lot of the things I view are from the perspective of, are from, like, a historical perspective. So, when I'm thinking about ghosts, I'm not really thinking about, oh, they're dead, they're, um, or what possible, like, intentions they could have. It's more of, these were people that were once alive. What were their lives like? Who, uh, who were they as people? 
how did they feel, what did they live through, etc. So, I, I, I've just always thought more about the person behind the ghost rider than the fact that they are ghosts. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I find, I don't know why, but I've just found it really hard to necessarily see them as inherently evil evil entities because to me it's always just been they were people who were they mm-hmm. so yeah so i feel yeah. like i'm a lot like you but um less empathetic like i also really like history but um nothing like a history major <laughs> yeah hi i'm a history major <laughs> oh um are you a history major uh no oh, okay um, but I feel like, maybe it's just that I'm such a skeptic, but, like, none of that is related to ghosts for me. Um, because the other part is that I really hate spooky stuff. Like, I am just the world's most horror wimp. Can't do it at all. But I really like, like, narrative. Like, I fucking love story. So I feel like, for me, a ghost, like, the central question is, like, why is this ghost a ghost and not just, like, a dead person. And for me, that always comes back to, like, a driving want. Like, a Mm -hmm. consuming want. Like, a ghost is basically just a character motivation given an unfleshly body. (laughs) I like that interpretation. I feel like that can be, like, corrosive, like, bad kind of want, but it can also just be kind of very neutral. Interesting. Anyway, Rainer, you started this. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, yeah, I guess I've always, like, had a more, like, humanized conception of ghosts, where it was, like, driven usually by some sort of, like, want or, like, unfinished business. Um, But it was, like, interesting. I guess, like, the reason why I wanted to ask was because I felt like I was hearing some people talk about ghosts in the concept of, like, like, more, maybe what you're saying, where it's, like, they become, like, more of an echo of themselves than, like, a fully fleshed, like, person. Oh, yeah. So, so we're clear. In my opinion, a ghost is a narrative device. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's why I was, like, interested to hear, like, what people had to say. Because, like, yeah, I've definitely, like, heard people talk about it that way. But I guess, like, I've always just thought of them as, like, people who are just dead now. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was, like, interesting to me because, yeah. I, I think there's definitely, like, different ways to think about ghosts. I mean, yeah, certainly there are different ways to think about it, the same way a werewolf can be, like, either a creature of the night who's gonna kill you, or just sort of, like, a Your furry. boyfriend. <laughs> 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 Where can I find a werewolf boyfriend? Werewolf boyfriend. Good <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry, that was my tangent. <laughs> we can't talk about why Halloween's game, but I don't know how much time we... Oh, not really any. Okay, awesome. <laughs> hmm I mean, if you think about it, like, Halloween scares Christians. Gay people. Gay people. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and, and, like, paganism scares Christians. No, actually. I thought that it was originally a Christian holiday. What I was going to say yeah, earlier yeah. Um, is that Halloween is a socially sanctioned occasion for social disorder, um, oh. which includes expressions of queerness. I love that. Wait, you can tell I'm serious. You can egg someone's house. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you can. You can pull pranks and stuff. Yeah, you can be a little silly. And you can dress as the most like bloody, horrific things possible, including gay people. Including. (laughs) There we go. The connection. (laughs) Horrific and gay. 
wedding. <laughs> Love it. You don't mind if I wrap it up? Not at yeah. all. Sounds good. Thank you all so much for listening. You have been watching Speak Out. I'm JQ. I'm Rainer. I'm Mark. I'm Emma. I'm Brenna. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, the website formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> Emma, stop laughing at us. Hey! <laughs> you can read our articles at outrightnewsmag.org. That's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. You can pick up our print on newsstands all around UCLA campus oh, and also a couple other places. I think we're sending them out to the LGBT Resource Center in Los Angeles as well. Uh, give it a read. And the one on campus. Give it a read. It's super good. You will not regret it. Have a lovely night. Yay, Bye. Good night.